The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. We hope you enjoy this week's episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films. And that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, sometimes a chimney sweep. I thought you were going to say Dude Two finished the episode, thank God, and then you would have went, huh, thank God, y'all. <laughs> what is this show for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Oh! <laughs> Good God, you all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, welcome. Welcome to the program. Two dudes, one double feature. What's going on? How are you doing, by the way? Well, I'm fine, actually. Um, uh, I saw my third movie. I feel like I haven't talked the- to you in a while, actually, now that, I'm, now that I'm asking that question. Normally, I'm used to it. I feel like it's been a while since we recorded. Yeah. So, sorry to cut you off. I just was having that revelation. No. I was like, dang. No, you're fine. Like, uh, I feel like there's been, like, instances of, like, sending memes and chatting, but, like... Mm-hmm. But not this. Not this. Or, I, you know, I haven't felt it as much. I think because I spent all that time on that Dark Knight episode, <laughs> and I just hear about you talking about those, like, the Batman commercials, and... <laughs> and I sent you one. Yes, you did. I, I need to watch it. Yeah. I need to watch it. I, I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, folks, uh, hopefully you enjoy that, uh that almost three and a half oh it's just just on the verge of three and a half hours you did put a lot of work into it i'll say that you you did say you worked a lot on it i've never worked even on the star wars one i've never worked on an episode as much as this one and gotta thank uh, obviously john for the music music is great in that episode but also just gifford for being on the episode and uh it really makes me happy that that he's been on the show and every guest that every guest has been on the show obviously of the you know. three well, it's it's soon to be four. <laughs> soon to be four, but of the three, yes. Of the three, you know. Unless you count, like, Allison having multiple personalities. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> you could. Is that okay? Do you want to keep that in? <laughs> I don't know if she would dispute that entirely is the funny thing. You know what? That's a good point. Now that you said that. She's a very good actress, but that's a whole other story. But... I did see my my third movie of the pandemic, like mm. in theaters. I, sh- I should emphasize because I, I saw Godzilla vs Kong earlier this year and Black Widow. Uh, so I saw Shang Chi, the Le- and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which that's just a cool title. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I like titles like that. It makes me think of like Indiana Jones, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, like and the Temple of Doom, the Last Crusade, even like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is kind of a nutty title. I love stuff like that. Mm. So. Uh, more titles like that please but you know i had only seen like the one trailer like once and i just didn't care for it i was like this is kind of whatever you know and 
then it got like overwhelmingly positive reviews. I was going to see this movie anyway, but like it got really good reviews. And uh, I saw this movie with uh, with my, my brother, Mike, and uh, our good friend, Dr. Feehan. And yeah, Shang-Chi, I thought was really good. I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well made, you know, especially, especially if I was like Marvel movies go, because I feel like sometimes like the last couple of Mar- like movies, because we had after and we had like Spider-Man Far From Home, which is fine. Black mm-hmm. Widow was, guess what? Fine. You know, and then it was just nice to see like a new character come into the MCU that wasn't just like you know, something that had to be directly connected to another character we had already seen. Right. You know, and I had been enjoying the Marvel shows to varying degrees, but like, it, it was just cool to see something like this. And like the trailers don't even show like most of what goes on in this movie. That's it, good, it's man. kind of wild how much like, and it's like, it made me glad that the trailers were just kind of as whatever as they were, mm-hmm. because I think I was able to enjoy the movie even more. Uh, Tony Leung, I'm, I'm just going to say, um, uh, incredible actor. I mean, uh, I've seen him in, like in the mood for love and um, uh, Chungking Express. He's an incredible mm-hmm. actor and like international, big international star. But th- I think this is like his first real like Amer- like big American project. And mm-hmm. honestly, he's up there as one of my favorite, like top three Marvel villains. He's so good. He's so damn good in this movie. It also falls into the category of MCU movies that. Um, that tries to apologize for things that have happened, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I did. I did hear about that a little bit, which I was afraid I was going to get spoiled on that. But I, so far, I don't think I have. No. So I'm. I. I I'm not going to say because I know you haven't seen the movie yet. But um, if you feel safe and you're vaccinated, and personally, I just say get masked up and be vaccinated, then you can go to a theater. But like, you know, if you feel safe to do so, definitely, you know, mm-hmm. I would definitely check it out. Or once it comes out. At home, and you're you're safe to do it at home. Then I definitely recommend checking it out. I think it's honestly, I think it's one of the better Marvel movies to come out, um, you know, in the last couple of years. I will say I have because obviously there's been this huge push to like get people back in the theater, and I understand why. Like, you know, the whole conversation of streaming versus in theater or like doing both at the same time, but. All the time, and it's always been sort of frustrating that they that everybody that said like, "Oh, go see it on the biggest screen possible," but no one ever bothers to ask like the safety question. And it's like it's nice that like even Denis Villeneuve, who's obviously like rightfully upset about the whole thing with Dune, um, even he's saying like, "If you feel safe, please see this in the theater." So I was like, I like I like the I guess I'd say I like that the language is changing a little bit to for the understanding of that element because yeah i really want to see shang chi but i just have not been in the right like moment and i know i've been back to the movies but like the first time was a like a once in a lifetime thing that was just like i like you miss it freak thing yeah yeah and then the second time was just not a good experience at all so it's just we'll see what happens i know there's some movies coming out because we're getting to the second half of the year already that there's some movies that are coming out i really do want to see and like like i just watched the matrix trailer the new matrix trailer matrix resurrection like it looks amazing i actually kind of really want to see it now after that trailer and I kind of want to see it in theaters, so we'll see what happens with that. But that'll be around the time, if, depending on how things are around that time, I'll probably be working a lot either way. So I don't know if I'll have the chance, but we'll see what happens. Right, because I also, I know I want to see Dune mm-hmm. on the on the, on the big screen. I missed my opportunity to try to see it for New York Film Festival, but it's probably for the best, um, mm-hmm. just because, like, the times that they were offering were not, 
would would not work for me at all because it would be like, oh, you could see eight o'clock, um, eight o'clock on like a Thursday, and it's like great. It's gonna take me an hour and a half to get into the city, <laughs> hour and a half back, and it's like I gotta get up for work the next day, and then the other screening was like three, literally like three o'clock, and I'm like I got off at three fifteen. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm gonna miss like half the movie once I get to New York. Listen, you should have just talked to your bosses and say you'll understand when I say this. I imagine, but I'm gonna go see Dune, so I might be late for work tomorrow. <laughs> and they'll be like, of course, of course, it's Dune. We get it. No, I love the people I work for and and work with. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I'm trying. But yeah, because of Shang Chi, I've been rewatching like you know like Bruce Lee's movies and uh, rewatch Police Story, which like Kung is Fu an movies. incredible movie. Yeah, Kung Fu Martial Arts. Um, I pulled out Hero and uh, Crouching Tiger. So hopefully, now that I've finished this Dark Knight monstrosity of an episode. <laughs> I'm gonna watch just watch some stuff that's just for me. <laughs> Hero is good, by the way. I that's of the ones that you've mentioned. I liked I liked Hero. It was recommended to me a while ago. I'd have to watch it again, but I really liked it. How are you right now? At this very moment, I'm kind of nervous because um because this week. So you're speaking about coworkers. Um, this week marks the the last week for my one manager. I don't know if I've talked about this, but um, my one manager who's been at my job for 17 years is leaving and like she she she's become like super close with a lot of us like she's definitely like the favorite manager of everybody like no offense to the other managers like i will say if she if we made a podcast for her she would have listened to it the day that we released it not to call anyone out but <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. On, on that note to Caitlin, who I'm talking about, she did listen to the episode recently and she said she liked it. Okay. so I, I, I apologize if it came up a little too strong. <laughs> it, you know what? Tell her, I it, just... <laughs> it lit the fire, though. It, it worked. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to strike the match. <laughs> uh, I love you, Caitlin, just so you know. I just want to throw that out there. But um, no, this is the last week for my one manager. Her name is Sarah. And she's been working there for a long time. And so, and I'm only going to tell this story now because by this point she already knows all this, but, um, a bunch of us were going to try and do something nice for her. Even before we knew she was leaving, we want to do something nice for her because she's just done a lot for us. Like when we were in Universal, she's a big Harry Potter fan and I wanted to get something in Universal for her, but it was just, you know, too much admittedly. You know, we talked about that, obviously. It's it's Um, expensive, man. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, it felt like the right place. If you're going to get something, get it at Hogwarts. You know what I mean? But no, I ended up not buying anything while we were there. Then, of course, uh, I found out she was leaving. So then other people, and I started talking to my other coworkers, and we all were sort of like thinking about doing something nice for her. And I was like, well, you know what? Let's, let's pool our resources. Let's come together and do something collectively nice for her. Like make like a gift basket or something. And I bought her this Harry Potter tumbler from Universal Studios. It's like a Gryffindor tumbler. That she can use, like, take to work, drink out, you know. It's actually pretty cool. It's pretty substantial, too. It's, like, metal and everything, so it's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, a bunch of other people at my work all bought different gifts uh, for her. And then uh, I wrapped them all up and put them in this, like, trunk I found at Joanne Fabrics with a bunch of, like, confetti and stuff. And, like, there's tons of really cool stuff. There's, like, a there's like an illustrated Harry Potter book that she didn't have there's some candles, some some mugs, some cups. Uh, I think like a Sudoku book someone bought her. And then the craziest part is that uh, my one friend, 
uh, Hunter, shout out to Hunter, um, who helped with this whole endeavor, um, focused on the gift card side of things. And then he messaged a bunch of people who didn't get to like buy her a gift, but wanted to help out with this in some way, um, asked if they wanted to contribute towards a gift card. And a bunch of people responded. And if I, I don't know the exact amount, he'll have to tell me, but um, it, it amassed like close to $500. Wow. Yeah. In gift cards, so um, and he and he he put it in a little basket. He sent me a picture today um, before because today they're giving her the basket. But that's the thing that makes me most sad about because she wanted to have this was like tonight was her like her final like like her little get together with a bunch of people. But you know, I'm just not in that m- moment and comfortable about it. And she knows that she's right. aware of that. Yeah, I don't know how it went. I haven't seen anything. No one has texted me or called me yet or said anything to me yet, but um, she should be getting the gift basket. She should be getting the other basket with the gift cards in it. And I wish I was there to present the thing that, you know, I helped with or sort of spearheaded, I guess. And then the gift card thing, but I wish I would have just seen her get it, but you know, it is what it is. And so I hope she's happy at Sarah. I know. I don't think you listen to the show, but if you, if you listen to this episode, (laughs) I miss you. Best of luck at the new job. And, uh, Hopefully we'll see you soon. I think I said that in the video I sent as well. Because I sent a little video as like a, mm. you know, hi, I'm not there right now, but I helped. I made this thing, you know. So, yeah. So I'm a little bit nervous because I just haven't heard anything yet. And it's it rained earlier and they were having their thing outside. So I was a bit uh. nervous. <laughs> and I was, because there's a lot of confetti in it. So when she opens it, I hope it's not windy and it doesn't blow everything away. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, oh god, gosh. I'm so sorry to the people at Jersey's, the restaurant that they're at, if that happened. But yeah, so that's kind of my state of mind at the moment. So this is sort of a distraction <laughs> in a way. Um, but I've been working on this for a while now. Since we got back, honestly, from the trip, I've been like doing this stuff with everybody and just trying to coordinate all oh, this. Wow. And- and just everybody getting everybody involved and i had to like sneak around and get presents for everybody so what now that this is done and i hope she's happy i can i can sort of relax now <laughs> and watch something for myself so i might watch hero too cuz it's a good movie last i remember <laughs> we should just watch it together just, it's like just no podcast just watch hero <laughs> just watching a movie it's just nice we did that sort of on the trip we watched mrs doubtfire with no plans to talk about it later. That was a lot of fun. We have no yeah, we no we have no plans for Mrs. Doubtfire. But it was nice. Uh but uh that was that was um I hope that's going well and I hope everyone's having a good time being safe, obviously, is a big thing as well. But that's pretty much it for me. Um let's get this I'm actually really excited to talk about these two movies, admittedly. So Yes. Let's get to yes. it. Yes. So um this this one I, I this one I feel like is a relatively recent double feature selection. It was my idea. I blame when I bought the 4K of the second feature we're talking about. Um, and I'm glad we have we brought both of these films because I do think about these films together, even though they're they're they have their differences. But mm-hmm. our first movie is the 1964, I believe it's 1964, uh, Walt Disney Best Picture nominee. Mary Poppins. I'm actually looking this up real quick because it makes me a little bit nervous that you you seemed uncertain about when this came out, so it just makes me okay. 1964. All right, we're good. Never mind. Never mind. We're good. Well, I mean, <laughs> you gotta understand a lot. There was a lot of stuff going on with the Disney company, you know, in mm-hmm. in the 60s especially. Okay, like 
they were working on the World's Fair, which encompassed things like Carousel Progress, Small World. Uh, you know, they did a number number of attractions and stuff for the World's Fair that were wildly popular, which may shock you. Small but that's world. a whole other thing. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, also, in addition, like, during part of the 60s and all that, they were thinking about doing Haunted Mansion and Pirates. Well, that's good. They didn't open in time for, because Walt passed away in 66, but... Again, Walt was also thinking about Disney World and what he was going to do with that. Mm-hmm. But also, um, as far as like big movies are concerned, this was really the big one for him. Uh, I-, I specified Best Picture nominee because Walt never received a Best Picture nominee throughout his career up until until this movie. Mm, that was it. Like nothing else afterwards. Yeah, that was it. Not even just the fact that he he because it was like. What two years later that he passed away? You said well because sixty four. Yeah, he passed away uh, December fifteenth, nineteen sixty six. He passed away. Well, at least he got it. I mean, because again, I, I I feel like that it's one. It's a big story thing with Walt is, and and people downplay it today. And but that's more understandable now. But like you think about like some of the Disney animated films. We talked about the whole Golden Age, and those are masterpieces. Those are those are just straight up masterpieces. You know, Snow White, Pinocchio, Bam, Fantasia, Bambi. and Bam- Bambi specifically Dumbo's a fine movie but uh, you could almost look at like him getting like the honorary Oscar for Snow White as almost like an insult in a sense because it's like well you uh, clearly my movie was one of the at least 10 best movies of the year why didn't you nominate my movie it's certainly more memorable like the that's one thing that the Oscars are notorious for is they don't Oscars don't age well as far as like the movies that they they choose, mm-hmm. like some t- I, I feel like there's a handful of best picture winners that are like, okay, this is a movie that stands the test of time and it will always stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Like The Godfather, Casablanca, Rocky's up there. I still watch Shape of Water, but that's still relatively new. <laughs> that's still a relatively new <laughs> movie. Even then, there's there's discourse around that movie where people are like. Stupid fish people and humans, which can't be. I'm not one of those canoodling Mary Poppins. Obviously, the um, you know, based on the books, you know, mm-hmm. and this was something that Walt wanted to do, I feel like, for a while. And have you read the books? No, I've never read the books, no, neither have I. Like, I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever actually seen, if I'm being honest, I don't know if I've ever actually seen a copy of Mary Poppins anywhere, like the book. You know, it's weird. It's like, because like I think about Winnie the Pooh, like another like Disney thing that was also an adaptation as we know. I think about that and and I'm like, I read the old Winnie the Pooh books as a kid. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember reading those as a child, but the Mary Poppins never, I remember hearing about it as a book, but you know, PL Travers, of course they made it into the movie saving Mr. Banks, you know? Yeah. And uh, that has its own set of controversies and all, and all that because PL Travers, you know, there was a lot of like disagreements and like, I don't want to say battles, but like it was a struggle to get this thing made also. So, mm-hmm. so kind of knowing that and you watch this movie and it just looks like it's such a, it's just a fun movie, you know, Let, let's actually let's actually talk like right. this movie. It, it, it's just such a magical experience. It's very, it's like the pinnacle of whimsy. You know what I mean? Like if you think, if you're trying to think of like a movie, that's the definition of the word whimsy. It's, I feel like this is it. Yeah. I can't, I can't really, I mean, save for like maybe the Paddington movies. I can't really think of another example that like, or at least maybe, maybe this is like the, the gold standard of whimsy movies. You know what I mean? You know what it is the gold standard of? Well, it's the gold standard of your dad works too much movies. <laughs> <laughs> Which we know Joey's a huge fan of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's it's the plot device joey's always like i need this let's watch it i'm ready <laughs> that's why he loved haunted mansion <laughs> and every other eddie murphy movie at that time <laughs> <laughs> And I will love those movies until ever's and ever's. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a lot of giggle- giggling th- this week. We're, I'm surprised we're not like Ed Wynn and we're like floating up to the ceiling. It's <laughs> just so funny. <laughs> In case I'm, I'm, I, I also want to ask too. When did when did you first see? Do you like? Do you like? Everybody has like their set of Disney movies they watched a lot as a kid. Did you watch this one a lot as a child? No. See this one, I liked. <laughs> I like to call it the babysitting movie because this thing is long. Because you just put it on, <laughs> they just put it on, put it on. It's like there two and a half hours. Oh, put it on again. <laughs> That's like five, almost five hours. You know, my and I could be on my phone talking to Josh. Hey, Josh, what's up? Not much. What's up with you? Nothing. Just watching the kids. Or Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is watching the kids. Really, Mary Poppins is watching the kids. Like this is the pinnacle of like the of the TV is babysitting your child, basically. <laughs> oh, but but. Uh, I don't even remember the first time I watched it. I know it was one of those movies that played sometimes when I was young, but it wasn't one of the ones that like stuck around for me. I didn't really watch it till much later in life when I was really curious to watch it. I think I really didn't like actively start watching it till like the sequel came out a couple years ago. Right. Which is, is I like the sequel, but it's funny now that I, I'm more aware of the original one, like the sequel sort of like went down a little bit in my brain. Yeah. Even though... It's got Paddington in it, though it's also got Paddington turning turning down the idea of a marmalade sandwich, which is weird. <laughs> but you know what does make sense? What, what, what makes sense? Colin Firth, who was originally cast as Paddington, going after Ben Whishaw, who took his job. Even though that was kind of the point anyway, I don't know, but it's just that makes sense. <laughs> well, this movie, like this one played for me a lot when i was a kid like this one was definitely on a lot like like jungle book was on a lot for me was it by choice or did it was it just put on to I think for a, you to watch I think a little bit of both i mean again like hmm. i also i watched a lot of these movies uh with my my grandpa on my mom's side may you rest in peace did you watch it with your dad at all i don't remember watching these with my dad a lot a lot of these with my dad i remember well also because my dad was work you know working right and my grandpa you know grandpa was retired by that point so you know, mm-hmm. you would I would hang out with him a lot, but I would wa- I would watch this one a, a lot, you know, and I remember it. I remember a lo- remembered a lot of it, especially because it has so many great songs. I mean, even if you've never seen the movie, I feel like the songs are just so memorable. Yeah, like I think everybody and their and their and their kid like was like, "What's the longest word you know?" Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yep, and then they're like, "Spell it." No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me. No. <laughs> Julie Andrews is the only one that could do that. In case you've never seen Mary Poppins, I just want to briefly just go over the plot. Because again, this is yes. this is a long movie and might and that runtime might deter some people, so they might just want to hear. <laughs> it is it is like it's two hours and what, nineteen minutes? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Yeah. It's like it's like a length of a Marvel movie. <laughs> God damn. But this is a, a, a big budget musical, you know, big budget fantasy, you know, fantasy musical where you have uh, these kids who went through uh, went through another nanny, and their dad is sick and tired of it. He wants somebody just to set them on the straight and narrow, and just like that's it. They gotta discipline them, and I need somebody who's gonna work with these kids. 
And then who shows up? Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Yondu. <laughs> Yondu. Michael Rooker shows up in the special edition. Michael Rooker shows up to replace the Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. Yes, because it's just Which is, uh, the, which is the truth. <laughs> She's in this movie. Uh, I think this is her second movie on two dudes. And she's Oh, film, she's a veteran now. She bookends it because like she ends Bride of Frankenstein. Yep. And then she's the yep. in the start of this one. <laughs> but basically, you know, Mary Poppins, you know, practically perfect in every way, goes on these As, yeah. m- magical misadventures with the kids. And uh, Bert, played by Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> of which we will get to but you know ultimately like the big the big thing with this story you know uh, we talked about like the dad working too much trope uh mm-hmm. and this is like i feel like this is the originator of it or like at least like ground zero it, it feels like it is yeah and i would almost argue it's probably one of the better ones and i think part of that it, um i think i like the performance of david uh tomlinson i think the actor's name is who was also in another mm-hmm. another like movie very much like mary poppins years later called bed knobs and broomsticks I like his character with Angela Lansbury. With, with Angela Lansbury, yes, Mrs. Potts. Mrs. Potts. But this, you know, in this movie, like he's obviously a guy. He works a lot. He works at a bank, and mm-hmm. you know, he's very proud of what he does. But he also also wants his kid to un- kids to understand what he does. But he also doesn't spend time with his kids, so he doesn't understand their you know their needs, and he doesn't understand them on their terms. Like you know what it is too. Like not to not to interrupt, but um, because like I think of all the other movies that are of like overworked dads and the majority of them are like the dad just being sad that they can't spend time with their kids and then their wife just being mad at them for not spending time with their kids whereas uh mr banks is so like cartoonishly strict (laughs) in mary poppins he's like discipline is needed these kids are running amok (laughs) and the mom's just like running around doing things she's she's supporting the suffragette movement richard excuse me that's very important she is if this movie came out she's not doing that off camera dude listen (laughs) she's just running around doing no listen listen dude if this movie came out today there'd be so many like whiny babies on twitter (laughs) they're supporting the suffragette movement from a hundred years ago but uh, sorry no uh but i also too like david tomlinson he he doesn't even realize like the lack of like time he spends with his kids like i I think about the end of the movie it was one of my favorite scenes where he talks to bert and bert's like oh she tricked you to having an outing with the kids how how outrageous (laughs) how how rude like no no this is what you need to be doing. And one of my favorite, like, little moments. I never knew this was, like, one of my favorite little moments. But when he tells the joke at the... Oh, at the... Uh, he tells a joke that Michael and Jane, or, or his kids, that they, they told him. And he says their names when he's telling the joke. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important... That's a big thing, honestly. Like, it could have been so easy for them just to be like, oh, I heard this joke. That whole moment, I think I thought was really fun. Like, just a nice moment at the end. Like, even just the fact that he finally... Because, like, the whole time he's, like, refusing to say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And then he says it. And you're like, he said it. He said it. And and I gotta, like, Let's Go Fly a Kite is, like, probably my top five favorite Disney songs. Let's go fly a kite. And it's so so catchy. You just want to, like, bounce to it. Like a metronome. I'm getting chills just thinking about that. But, you know, again, the rest of the movie also, too, like, Julie Andrews... 
again practically perfect in every way as as mary poppins i mean she herself is just practically perfect period and like yes everything. yes um academy award winning for lead actors for this movie should be pointed out mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny because i think there was there was a whole thing where audrey hepburn w- was did my fair lady which i believe um julie andrews was supposed to do or wanted to do mm-hmm. and didn't get the role and then they were both nominated for lead actress at the Oscars that same year. Julie Andrews wins. And no shade on Audrey Hepburn, because I like Audrey Hepburn. No, we're big Audrey Hepburn fans here. Um, but it's just kind of a, one of those funny, you know, funny little stories. It's a nice little funny moment, yeah. I, I just, her her reactions to her, like, straight face to, mo- like, most situations. Like, when she's pulling out the stuff out of her carpet bag. This is one of my favorite, like, moments. It's so, like, casual. Just like, hmm, that's what I needed? And the kids are like... Huh? Or I like when the one kid, like Michael, is just going under the table, yeah. just like what? What is happening? I I just uh, just her reaction to every like, and also I just love that Mary Poppins is just a jack of uh, just is a master of everything. Mm-hmm. Like she can win horse races, and like in the other one, she's like a vaudeville singer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, she listen. Mary Poppins is like. Is like that's sort of like I think the running theme with this particular episode is the idea of like fascinating characters, like fascinating like I guess babysitters type characters, <laughs> mysterious like mysterious characters, yeah, that have like a magical quality about them. But you don't know like a whole lot about Mary Poppins. No, that's kind of what I love about it too is that you don't know why she's like this. You don't know how she got to be. And I know there's probably so many, like that's so many people are probably like theorizing like, Oh, this is probably it. And there's probably a book somewhere or a comic or a cartoon or something that explains it. But I don't ever want to know. Like, I don't ever want to know how Mary Poppins became Mary Poppins. So if you're, if anyone out there is thinking of making an origin movie, Disney, I don't want to know Disney. Just don't do it. Disney, please don't do it. Well, Disney. And like I, I think about the I, I, the end of the movie where she gets like she gets a little choked up, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that the kid that I, I, like you know all oh, the kids will love the will love gets the, called out by the umbrella. Yeah, all oh, the kids will <laughs> love love him more than you. And she's like oh, that that's as it should be. And I'm like that's as it should be. Oh man, it's such a that's such a devastatingly like beautiful um, finale for this you know this movie where Dick Van Dyke has a terrible accent. <laughs> <laughs> which we talked about once in a previous episode i remember which one did we t- do you remember which one we talked about it in dracula yes because of keanu carfax abbey <laughs> carfax abbey now i just want to do like a time what? like go to time machine and just have keanu reeves as bert jim jimmy <laughs> jim jimmy Jim, Jim Taru. Whoa! No, no. For the sequel, instead of Lin Manuel Miranda, they should have got Keanu Reeves to play the <laughs> new character, the lamplighter. <laughs> Triple Little Life, fantastic. Whoa! It's just Keanu with the opening number, like hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the act that accent uh, that accent is infamously bad. It is. It's uh, I watched a video on YouTube once. Where it was like, I, it was maybe it was like GQ or one of those magazines. They were they were interviewing like British actors of like 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 things about being British essentially and being an actor and being a British actor and all that stuff. 
and they were and a bunch of them were asked who they thought like what american did the worst british accent and every single like i'm not even kidding every single one of them said dick van dyke <laughs> like some of them were like listen we love dick but <laughs> but <laughs> that was horrible and i i remember reading somewhere and i think i read it to you that it might not have been his fault necessarily like yeah you were saying you were saying this to me and again, like, you know, because I'll show you, like, yeah, Dick Van Dyke might be a legend to us. He's a major, fi- you know, major figure. But that doesn't mean that they have all the power, you know, in a lot of those no. situations, you know. No. Like, it's ultimately up to the director and, and, and Walt Disney, in this case, you know, who's one of the few. He's, Walt Disney's one of the few, like, producer auteurs. Because that's another thing I was thinking about, too, like, with um, Adriana uh, Casalotti, who voiced Snow White. There, I know people who are like, this voice is awful, which I don't think so. But like, I know a lot of people, there's people who feel- Is it because of how high pitched it is? High pitched it is. And, and it's one of those things where I'm like, I attribute it to Walt because Walt was the kind of guy who was like, I know what I want. <laughs> it, it might not be what you like, but I like it. <laughs> but, you know, he had an acquired taste, I guess. You know, but th- th- that said, uh, the accent aside, which it is a big thing. It is pretty bad, admittedly, the accent. It's. But like like I said, it might not have been his fault. I think like he wanted to do something more like actual, like how how they actually sound, but they wanted him to do like sort of like the fake like cockney version that most Americans do. Yeah. You know, it's the per- performance is weird, man, because sometimes people yeah. people want like the stereotype thing as 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 weird as that sounds, especially back like 50 years like, you know, almost 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um yet that's the other thing you have to remember too is this movie was made a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. But the funny the funny thing is, like, it doesn't so much bother me as it just makes me laugh when he says certain things. Yes. Or Mary Poppins if I live and breathe. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it's just so funny. But he is um I actually do really like Dick Van Dyke in this movie. I think his his character yeah, no, he is good. a really nice function. Like I said, at the very end. With with the dad, I I really like those like that scene. Um, I mean, but also also like, and this is gonna lead into get to, like penguin pants, dude. Oh, penguin pants! That's my favorite thing. Listen, listen. If there's one way to forgive a bad British accent, is to put Dick Van Dyke in penguin pants and have him dance with cartoon penguin. That's when you get a five star rating. Yes, but <laughs> we we were talking about this too. Like you were talking about like. This like maybe if this was a wholly entirely animated movie, how would we feel about that? Or like I remember yeah. us having that conversation. Well, it's because it made me think of what like because when we watched John Carter, it made me think of like this could be like the live action version of like a Disney cartoon that was already made. Mm. It's kind of what it made me think of a little bit, right? Um, like it gave me those like live action vibes, and then with this one, it kind of felt that a little bit of like that same ballpark. But I think you did bring up a good point that. A lot of the elements in it work so well because it is live action. Yeah. You know? Like, outside of, like, the cartoon sequence that they have, just, like, the like her pulling, like, a thing out of, the, like, out of her carpet bag or, like, like going up the, the, the railing. Or all the stuff with, like, the, the chimney suites jumping over, like the, ro- like, the rooftops and all the crazy stunts. Or I think about, at the bank, one of my favorite moments is, is when the guy laughs... <laughs> and he's <laughs> and he and he floats and he floats 
Like, you know, there's certain things like that. Like, I kind of think about when we were talking about, like, the Batman, the the Nolan Batman movies, where it's like, you have this grounded reality, but then you have this one thing that is, like, you know, the Batman being this one thing that's, like, the heightened, the heightened, like, fantastical thing. Uh, But I, I'm sure it would be fine as an animated movie, but it's one of those things where it's, like, that transition where they get go into go into the chalk world, the animated world, is such a wonderful, magical um, uh, sequence. You know, it's just really nice, really iconic in its own way, and it happens a lot earlier than I thought it did. <laughs> it did, and like it, it kind of made me think of the um, the anime, like not anime, but like the sequence in the red shoes, like the dance bit, because like it doesn't really amount to anything, but it's a really nice moment, and it lasts a really long time, and you sort of forget how long that sequence is, right? Admittedly, but it's still like it was still like a lot of fun to watch, and like it again, it just had that same sort of like feeling as like red shoes with that one scene. Mm. Yeah, the um, the Sherman Brothers. I want to bring them up uh, because they wrote they wrote the songs for this movie, and this was just one of many projects they were doing at the studio. Like I was gonna say. Th- didn't they do a lot of Disney movies? At the a lot time? of Disney, st- a lot of Disney things. Like you know, like Winnie Winnie the Pooh. They did most of the songs in Jungle Book. Um, the songs in this, they won Academy Awards. You know, Car- I, I think I said Carousel Progress already. I don't know, but um, they. I don't. Are- know, you know what? I think you only mentioned because of World's Fair. I don't think you mentioned that they did. Oh yeah, Carousel but they but they Progress. did. And they also mentioned they also wrote another song. Did they do the the? Did they do the part when the when the song goes? Yeah, while the lights going on, could you please stay in your seat? No, I don't think uh, uh, Richard or Robert Sherman really had that in mind in their original vision when they were writing this. I don't think Walt in their like session said, "Oh, guys, that's a good idea, boys. Yeah, let's keep that in there." <laughs> that's a terrible remix of that. Song. Terrible, terrible remix. No, but these these guys, you know, Walt really loved these guys. Like these guys, and he would have them come in like in the studio and come in his office and, and play on the piano um, in his office. And in fact, one of Walt's favorite songs is is was "Feed the Birds," and they and like towards the end of his life, he would ask um, Richard Sherman to come in the office and play "Feed the Birds," you know, which is a really nice, like, beautiful little um, little little bit of music. And he was cool with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, I like. And Walt. Um, for one of, and it was actually kind of a cool thing, like for one of, I think it was like the fiftieth anniversary of Disneyland, or for some some sort of Disney event. Um, Richard Sherman was playing Feed the Birds and, you know, a bird like like flew by like close like pretty close to him or something, you know. So we kind of thought like Walt's spirit, you know, or whatever. I don't I'm not telling the story exactly, you know, how he did, but it was <laughs> it was a really nice heart. There was film. a bird. It, it it was a beautiful sort of moment cuz he was taught he was singing about birds. Is is that a Disney thing? Yeah. I I could picture it. I got it in there. It's nice. I mean, and there's also just a lot of just really colorful characters. We brought up, like, we brought up Elsa Lanchester, the Bride of Frankenstein, in, the, in this movie. But I also, I love the other, like, the other servants uh, that are in the house. Like, they're just, they're, like, they're just there doing their thing, you know. Like, whenever the, the neighbor shoots his cannon off, they're there to catch, the like, the stuff before it breaks and falls on the ground. They're there to sing super califragilisticexpialidocious with the kids. Yeah. You know, like... They're, they're, they're a lot of fun, but speaking of the neighbor, the neighbor is just such a unique individual. Like, you see so many, like, weird neighbors in movies. Admiral, uh, yeah, this one, Admiral Boom. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally just this, like, deranged sea captain guy who lives in his house with his first mate or whatever. 
<laughs> it has a cannon and like sails on top of it. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I when I because when, when I saw like um, Mary Poppins Returns in theaters because I'm obviously nostalgic for this movie, but I, I think I teared up when I'm like they they have this. They decided to put this in the movie. <laughs> It's like, it's like it's like it's like seeing and they got friend. Van Helsing from from Penny Dreadful to be him. <laughs> he was the Archbishop on Gargoyles, and he was <laughs> Billy Zane's manservant in Titanic. Yeah, I was gonna say that, <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things where it's like, especially like like people talk about legacy sequels, like le- legacy sequels, like Force Awakens, where you see like han solo after so long you see all these people but like mary poppins obviously not everybody's cast like they were you know 50 years ago but like when you see characters like the admiral boone and you know the banker people whatever it's it's really kind of nice if you're you know if you're into that sort of thing um man and there's also like this is also at a time too where like musical there were some big musicals back in the day i mean you think about like stuff like sound of music it's like a musical boom a little bit a little bit and then, like, Sound of Music was like... And then there was, like, other flops Julie after Andrews. that. Yeah, Julie Andrews and both of those, you know. Um, and I just... I think about, like, the dance sequences and stuff. I love, Like, Step in Time is a lot of fun. That is fun. Yeah. I like that one. I think my favorite of the dances is either, like, the Chimney Sweep or, like, when they sing Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious in, like, the animated sequence. There's, there's again, there's a lot of good ones. I like, I like, like we were talked about him a little bit earlier. I like the bit with Edwin. Yes, when when they're all floating on the ceiling. Because again, it's like like everything else in the movie. There's like it's just so like fantastical, and yet it's played off like it's normal. Like everything else with Mary Poppins. Yeah, like he's laughing, and so because he's laughing, he f- he's full of air, and then he's floating, <laughs> and then he's floating with um the kids, and he's floating with Bert. And then you think it's over when he says something sad, and then it turns out to be a joke. Yeah. <laughs> they're still floating. <laughs> so that's how they have their tea party, is while they're floating. And it's just, it's such a fun, a fun sequence, honestly. Like, yeah. again, that just, it doesn't really amount to, like, anything really outside of just, like, the char- like getting to know the characters and hang out with them. But you want it there because it is so fun, and it, like, it's such a great example of, like, the entire movie as a whole. It's just this, like sort of nonsensical but like beautiful whimsical magical thing with all these great people in it that if bad accent or not you just still enjoy them you still you just want to spend time with them you know and you don't mind putting on putting on for two hours and 19 minutes um there's just so many reasons to, to to love this movie it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful looking movie you know i think uh it's even a- now yeah, I think about like the Cherry Tree Lane. It's such a like beautiful, quaint little um, little area. Like when they when they were able to recreate that for like the new movie, it was like I was so happy, and it, it just looks mm-hmm. like it's one of those things like seeing the Millennium Falcon again, or you know, you know, seeing seeing something like that. But mm-hmm. I've said this before to you, and I know I sort of mentioned it earlier in a different context, but um, if we didn't already pair it with something, I I still think Paddington would have been a great double feature with this one paddington would have been a great double feature you know what? i gotta bring up to peter allen Shaw, did who did the matte paintings for um 20 000 leagues under the sea also did some beautiful painting work on this movie you look at the opening sequence and you see like the like the london city of london it just looks great you know special effects are great why not an oscar for that you know it, it's just it's just a really good movie so Unless you're somebody who doesn't like Dick Van Dyke's accent, I definitely recommend watching this. 
it's no, it's 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 so good. Even with the accent, you just you, there's a lot there's a lot that for like, that forgives. I think like there's a lot like there's a lot that happens that balances out because it's the one bad thing. It ages better than most movies of its time. I think in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But anyway, we're gonna float off with our umbrellas, and when we come back, uh, we're going to scramble for a golden ticket. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature in our last segment. We were hanging out in London with Mary Poppins and some guy with a terrible British accent. Now, <laughs> I saw your face. Like, oh. <laughs> now we are going to be going to some other, look, maybe England. I don't know where this is set, um, but we're going to another small town uh, to hang out with a chocolatier of certain renown and his name is willy wonka a bit louder i'm a trifle deaf (laughs) (laughs) i I was gonna respond but i forgot (laughs) would you like to see (laughs) (laughs) the meme willy wonka and the chocolate (laughs) factory i just want to say with this one i remember watching it a lot as a kid but i never owned it until i got it on blu-ray and when was that I want to say four years ago. Okay. Because admittedly, just hearing that sounds like I didn't own it till I bought it on Blu-ray. Like, okay, cool. So you bought it at one point. <laughs> no, I, I mean, because well, like, because there's a lot of movies where if you had access to them as a kid, you probably owned them on VHS. Yes. And like with this one, I remember watching it. I remember the songs and I remember a lot of the scenes, but it's like, I didn't own it. I didn't, I didn't have like a physical copy of it till a couple years ago, and I didn't open that physical copy until we had to watch the movie. Did you own this movie as a child? Or, yeah, I imagine you did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It explains a lot, but that's besides the point. (laughs) Why I'm a dick. (laughs) At least you're not, you're not Grandpa Joe, but that's a whole other story. Oh, but this is one I watched a lot growing up. This is one of those ones, like Wizard of Oz, that was just on all the time. Um, we had the VHS. We, 
uh this was sort of like in a lot of ways like the babysitter movie sometimes too just like that one movie my parents would put on because they knew we liked it and we played all the songs and i even remember like when nestle started coming out with wonka candy like like nerds and runts and if like some chocolate things and like getting so excited that there might be a wonka bar and i would get the wonka bar and i would eat it and maybe there'd be a gold i think they even did like a golden ticket like promotion thing and there was not like a huge prize like in the movie but i think they did something like that that would make sense yeah but no we watched it all the time and it, it's forever ingrained in my brain like i could watch the movie and just know exactly how everything plays out and like i hadn't seen it in a really long time and then watching it again with with you recently and then just watching it like not that long because i bought the new 4k that came out like the 50th anniversary edition and watching it then like i hadn't seen it in so long but i still remembered everything yeah like everything about it it's just in there. It's just, <laughs> it's never leaving. It's just in there. Um, but here's another question: Did you ever read? Did, were you somebody who read the Roald Dahl like books? I did in school. Mm. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I I forget like third grade maybe, mm. or like first like second or third grade. I think we read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um. And I remember it because I remember being so excited because, again, I knew the movie. So I was like, the book. I can finally read the book. And it was I think it was the first it was the first book I read in school that I was actually kind of excited to read because I hated reading when I was young. Yeah. Uh, it was also the first Roald Dahl or Roald, however you pronounce his name. I, I was, again, I apologize. Yeah. The first uh, Roald Dahl book because this is the second movie adaptation of his that we've talked about mm. now, now that I'm remembering that. Um, but it was the first of his books that I think I actually like tried to read. And it was one of the few times I actually read a book when I was a kid. Cause again, I just hated reading. So yeah, I do remember reading the book and it was, I think it was sort of the catalyst to make me want to check out like other movies based on his work. So like, I think that and James, the giant peach mm. and witches and then everything else following that. Like, Matilda came out in the 90s, which I love Matilda to death. Um, and uh, that's all I can remember at the moment as far as, like, because like, every other one's, like, a, like, Fantastic Mr. Fox, but that came out, like, in the 2000s. Yeah, 2009. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I like the book. I like the, I like the movie. When I was, when I was really young, it was one I watched a lot, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I <laughs> never read the books. I never I was going to say I never read his books, but they were always definitely like a presence. Like, you mm-hmm. know, obvi- like there's certain authors where it's like you'll always see them like circulating for, you know, like Dr. Seuss, Roald Dahl, you know, the Harry Potter books and, you know, all that's more recently, but um you know, I, and I was I remember just reading, not reading, but like the covers were always striking. Too. They had a very, very distinct style. Yeah, they had a very distinct style to them, like a very, like, sketch, maybe, like, sort of feel to them. I did remember, you know, on that note, I think I've read a few of the other books of his. Like, I, I remember reading James and the Giant Peach. was, like, the first book I tried to read. I didn't get all the way through it. I think I got about to the point when he act, when the peach actually leaves. <laughs> and then I just, I, I wanted to keep going, but I couldn't. Right. But, uh, because I don't know why. I think it's just impatience, maybe somewhat dyslexic. Hmm. Um, 
Mom. Are we recording? Come in. We're talking about another movie that we watched when I was little. What is it? It's uh, Willy Wonka. Oh, Willy Wonka. Mm, Love the Willy Wonka. Mm. So, here, come come up to the microphone again. This, we like this happened last This worked hello, out nicely hello. last time. Ladies and gentlemen, Tina Purnell. He, he introduced you. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, when I was when I was little, obviously we watched Willy Wonka a lot. Yeah. Was that something was that another thing you introduced us to like, like something you watched when you were young? Cuz I mean, it didn't come mm-hmm. it didn't come out. It came out like when you were a little kid. Yeah, but I think it I I thought it was a little bit scary when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> flying flying monkeys was that in this one? No, that's that's Wizard of Oz. A Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah. Willy Wonka in the in the I got a golden ticket. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, loved yeah. it. Loved it. But it scared you when you were a kid. Yeah, it was kind of scary. But did it make you want chocolate? Uh of course. I yeah. wanted everything in there. I wanted that to be real. I wanted to lick the wallpaper so bad. Oh yeah. The snozberries. <laughs> the snozberries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes, they were. That was amazing, and they had what was the was the uh, the bubbles? I wanted to do the oh, bubbles, the, the, the soda drink. Yes, that they had and that they floated. Yes, oh yes, I wanted to do that too. You wanted to float, mm-hmm. like, like with the soda drink. Yeah, <gasps> and they had the candy bars. Like when the movie came out, they had real candy bars with, with golden tickets inside. And I forget what you wanted a shirt or something. You didn't get like you didn't get nothing to go cool. to Willy Wonka. You didn't get to meet Gene Wilder. No, you didn't get to meet Gene Wilder. No. 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 Um, but I was telling Joey, I remember when they started, when, like, they had, like, a, like, Nestle had, like, a Wonka brand. Yeah. Essentially. Oh, yeah. I and, like, remember. There was, like, nerds and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, think yeah. They had a new Wonka bar and then had, like, golden mm-hmm. tickets. You can probably win something. So that's funny that, I mean, it makes sense, too, that they would do it, like, when the movie was coming out. Yeah. They had them, they had them at the theater. You could get oh, yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, wow. My theater wouldn't be that cool. <laughs> your theater's pretty cool yeah. they would have it yeah, yeah okay <laughs> we'll put that as a uh, debatable yeah. but you know what was the was the odd part what's the odd part the odd part was everybody slept like in the living room yeah the, the all in the beds yeah. yeah and i thought that would be a, such a great idea you know, if me and my mom and dad and everybody just we moved all the bed stuff to the living room, we could all watch TV. We could all just take a nap whenever we wanted, and I'll be in the living room. But that never happened. But they all said no. They all said no. But isn't that funny? <laughs> they were all in there. I kind of like the idea. I think you, it's cool. Do you, do you still like the idea? Yeah, I, uh, that would be cool I, with your, that. Your bed's probably much bigger than mine, and we don't have a room big enough to do that. Well, we could try. No. I keep wanting Dad to push the couches together, and he won't. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So it could feel like with a Willy Wonka set. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe it's probably from that. There you go. Okay. Uh, Toodles. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Good night. <laughs> night. <laughs> Toodles. Oh. There you go. But. <laughs> <laughs> Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Um, you know, I, I think with with this movie, really, it starts, it ends with with Gene Wilder. It's one of those. It's an interesting movie because I'm not saying it's it's bad. It, I think it, I think it's no. good, 
but I think Gene Wilder is like the, is the force that elevates this thing into being a classic. Yes, I 100% agree with that. Because like, like you start the movie starts off with like obviously you're you're meeting all the kids that are going like Willy Wonka doesn't even show up till like after like the halfway mark i think it's like 40 about like 40 something minutes in because it's like there's like what's like a hundred hundred minute movie or maybe like 90 yeah it's like it's like an hour and 44 minutes or i think and so he shows up like the 40 minute mark and he's only in the movie like for an hour Mm -hmm. and which is fun because like i do like a lot of the opening stuff i don't think people talk about it enough because there's some really funny stuff yes yes and the opening bits but I'm I'm sorry, but Charlie is just kind of boring. <laughs> He's like the most depressed looking kid ever. <laughs> He's and you feel so bad for him, but like you're just like, come on, dude. <laughs> like you you kind of like like the mom cheer up Charlie, but you're not singing you it. Know, you're yelling. It's it. one of those things where I feel like nobody really changes in this movie. I don't really feel like anybody has no. like a full arc. Like Wonka maybe has like a change of heart by the end. I don't, I don't know if I call that like an a character arc, honestly. Like, no. like I, I think that's that's why people like reappraise this movie. And they're like, is it really that good? Because like everybody, like the other characters, don't get a chance to change. Everybody, like you know, all like the other kids that that win this contest, you never <laughs> see them again. No, and like you think maybe are they alive? Like obviously, like like Wonka uh, obviously at the end says. They'll be back to their normal, terrible little selves. And you're like, will they? <laughs> I mean, one, let's just go down the list. So we got Augustus Gloop. These are all the kids that are going to visit Wonka outside of Charlie. So we got Augustus Gloop, who's the first guy to win the golden ticket. He's a glutton. So he he eats a lot. He, he gets it from his parents. Why? Because his dad eats a microphone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and his mom just eggs it on. And then we got, um, what, is is it uh, Violet Beauregard? Is that who's next? Yeah. She's, is she number two? Or is it uh, Veruca? I don't remember. I, I feel like I get it. It's one of them. It's, one of, it's somebody. We're just saying the five kids. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, there's, well, there's Veruca Salt. Who's spoiled brat because her again mom doesn't care. Dad exit on, um, buys her everything she wants. I don't even think they're like in the in like the newer one like Tim Burton did. Like they're rich, so it sort of explains part of it. But in this one, he's like he could just be like a normal, um, regular like business owner, and yet like he spoils the hell out of his kid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But he's also um, the real life father of uh, uh, Frankenstein's monster from Penny Dreadful, Uh, uh, and I like that actor, so let's just throw that in there. Yes. And then there, then there's Violet Beauregard, who is just kind of like, like, I don't really like know what her issue is necessarily. I mean, she's kind of abrupt, I guess. I think she's very she chews gum. Very competitive. It feels like. She is very, she's very competitive. That's that's for sure. And like she, she likes, but like she screams at the other, like can it, you nit? <laughs> Just I thought it was so funny. But like, and she's also kind of oblivious. Like she, <laughs> like she turns into like the blueberry, and she goes, "What's happening?" And we got Mike TV. Oh, I hate Mike TV. <laughs> I don't know. I just hate Mike TV so much. Like, I think I think Farouk is like the worst, arguably, but Mike TV is like awful, admittedly. 
Yeah, I mean, Mike TV, like, I think they're all variations of, like, this kid's annoying. Um, y- you yeah, know, but... And I feel like this... It, I feel like this movie wouldn't happen today because you can't <laughs> reduce kids like that. Like, they're children. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's almost like, like you sort of question, like, Wonka a little bit just because of, like, the lack of safety that's the lack of, there. You question like, Wonka, but you also get a feeling for Roald Dahl as a person with this stuff. <laughs> I, get it th- I feel like it says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as as someone who has been vocal about hatred towards children, sometimes even I'm like, a little flunk. yeah. Like I was actually listening to a podcast talking about this, and it's like the problem with the, like the, with this story is that it's it's kind of me- inherently mean and very very judgmental. <laughs> and even I've heard them like reappraise like the Tim Burton one is a bit better in certain respects because it's like it develops certain things. I mean, I, like, I remember when the Burton one came out, and I'm probably one of the few people that actually likes the Burton one. Maybe not more than or, or less than this one, but I do like it. But, I mean, I understand the disdain people have towards it, because it's a remake of a classic, for one. Yeah. Two, you know, the, the whole, like, Gene Wilder, Johnny Depp comparison, which, I mean, I think it's... It really is two different performances, but there is something so charming and, and wonderful. And like you said, with Gene Wilder, he's like beginning and the end of this movie i I think it's i think the closest thing i think about and i'm going to lead to one of my things about gene wilder is like it makes me think of like when when the the genie in aladdin yeah where it's such a sacred thing for a lot of people but also like gene wilder's performance like the the best way i could describe it is like a combination of bill murray and robin williams in a family movie it it really is because (laughs) it's got like that that bill that 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 bill murray just like doesn't give a shit like is kind of an (laughs) asshole like i I still love what is this wonka some kind of fun house why you having fun (laughs) it's just like one of the little lines i love that he just throws out there the suspense is terrible I hope it doesn't last. But again, but it, like, it, but there's also like the like the humanity, and there's some fun like, like, char- like when you sing "Pure Imagination," like that song. That's one of the most iconic songs ever. I think it, it, it's just such a great, it's just a great song, and you know, it, it's also like the like the Wonka like areas like and the stuff is fantastic, but clearly they're working with a, a limited budget. So like that song and Gene Wilder have to has to do a lot of heavy lifting, like unlike Mary Poppins where they were able to spend a lot of money doing like all these different crazy things. This movie, it's like you have this chocolate river, but it's just like it's just brown water, <laughs> and you see this magical. If you want to view paradise, and then you see cho- like brown water. Like, <laughs> check your pipes, man. This is unsanitary. This is this, this is definitely chocolate. <laughs> And like I think about the end of the movie, when it has his moments with Charlie as they're in the in the glass in the elevator, mm-hmm. you know, just some nice nice little moments, um, moments of you know, humanity. Every everything about his performance, like you, like everything, is just like firing on all cylinders. Like even when the one time he actually has to be like aggressive to a kid, like when like he does the wrong sir, he's talking to Grandpa Joe, and you feel the intensity a little bit. Like even, even though his office is silly as hell. Cause like, it's like half an office, literally half an office uh, intentionally half an office. And yet he's like legitimately seriously screaming at 
Grandpa Joe because he stole product from them. He's like, you stole fizzy lifting drinks. And then, of course, the, the famous, you know, you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. I said good day. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great moment. But all, other, like, moments of performance. I love his entrance into the movie. Which was him. It was improv. It's great. Yeah. It's this great, great moment. Um, let's talk about um, uh, speaking of, of people who should lose. Uh, Grandpa <laughs> Joe. Oh, like you, 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 we talk a little bit about reappraisal. I think Grandpa Joe is like the prime example of that. Because like, no, like it's it's prime internet crit- like movie criticism, right? You have like Breakfast Club. Oh, they did that girl wrong at the end. Why would they do that? It's a hundred percent that. Or like. Or, or, um, like, what, what, what's another, what's another classic one? Like, oh, the Joker and Thanos were right. Another mm. one is Grandpa Joe is awful. <laughs> Cause like, I remember as a kid, like loving Grandpa Joe, like, oh, Grandpa Joe, Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. He's dancing. He's dancing. His name is Joe. I, I liked it. Cause like, oh, his, his name is, that's my name. And Grandpa Joe. And I had a grandpa named Joe. So I was like, oh, Grandpa Joe. And he had a mustache. And we're like, ah, hooray. Dancing. I got to call the ticket. No, you're just leeching off of your, your blonde haired, depressed child. <laughs> this is why, this is why Charlie, this is why Charlie can't just cheer up. No, Charlie. he can't cheer up because his horrible role model in Grandpa Joe, like, of course he should get more, because he wanted more. Go on, Charlie, open it. <laughs> God damn it, Grandpa Joe. Oh, you've Grandpa been... Joe, we need that money for the tobacco. <laughs> you've been laying in bed for 20 years. <laughs> you, you get up. So, And notice how, too, in the song, in that Golden Ticket song, his famous song, he says, I've. It's like, no, 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 you son of a bitch. Charlie got that golden ticket. He found the money in the street. He bought it at the candy shop. <laughs> Though technically he did say it was for Grandpa Joe, but he opened it. It was his. It was his candy bar. You didn't have the golden ticket, sir. You just... Uh, you dick. <laughs> Grandpa Joe, man. Probably unvaccinated. <laughs> I never thought my life would be... Anything but catastrophe. <laughs> it still is. <laughs> uh, I think he does. The actor does a fine job with the role. It's just the way, like when you look at it, and you're just like, "This is a horrible person." And that might, might have been like Roald Dahl's like point, because all the people, the, all the adults that accompany the kids are are like, some kind of like, like irresponsible like parent. Every all the adults are irresponsible, terrible parents. All the kids are just a product of that. And then Charlie is like the one kid that's like the weird like example of not. But even then, he, he goes with Grandpa Joe and goes, hey, let's get the fizzy lifting drinks. <laughs> and then he almost kills him. Because <laughs> they they're going to get chopped by the fan. And then, like, I think, I think he's so bad that when he said start burping to Charlie, it wasn't because he wanted to actually save his grandson. No, he was he was sad of what the reaction would be from the mom if the, if she found out that the son died on the on the freaking door. It's like I don't want to get hurt by the mom. She's got a big fork that's wood that she uses to stir laundry. She could hurt me. Charlie, burp. One of my favorite, one of my favorite things. Uh, 
is, is what we were talking about, like, Willy Wonka and, like, comparing it to Kang on Loki. Because <laughs> if, it, listen, Jonathan Majors would make a great Willy Wonka. He's got, like, the purple jacket, but also he's, like, he, he wants somebody else to take over. He's, like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so exhausted. Uh that would be, I'd be so happy about that if that was. <laughs> a lot of the songs, I, I do want to talk about the songs. We talked about Pure Imagination. Mm-hmm. And he said, Cheer Up Charlie, and I've got to go. Like, there's a lot of good songs in this, except for Cheer Up Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the most famous, like, like group of songs is the Oompa Loompa songs. That's the, that's the, like, that's the song that people, like, like, all, it's not even, like, the songs themselves, because each one is different and sort of done in a different way. But each one is essentially Oompa Loompa. And the interesting of the Oompa Loompas was like, apparently from what I've heard, like the original depiction of the Oompa Loompas in the books was was very racist. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was one of the things that they had to change. (laughs) Because the NAACP was like, you cannot make this movie. Like, no. And and I've, I've heard that like speculation, that's why they changed the title. Because you cannot call this Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That book... It's just like with like because because they have like as I was like like I'm just using the term that like pygmy like mm-hmm. trap like people they it, it's awful it's 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 awful and then like you had a retcon you know whatever but um it's a lot of weird history with this mo- movie like I've heard like the songs were written at a much earlier stage than some of the script even. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Roald Dahl, he's credited as the screenwriter for the movie, but. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. No, because he he wrote a draft and then they told him no, <laughs> essentially. And well, no, they didn't tell him no. They told him yes, and then they went and wrote a new screenplay without him his knowledge. And so obviously he's not happy with the movie to begin with. And he wasn't. He was not happy with Gene Wilder. Yeah, like which is funny because it's like the best, the one thing that immortalized <laughs> this movie. Paul Dahl more than anything. <laughs> And you don't like that. But also, too, like, this movie was not, like, a big, big hit when it came out. Nope. It was, like, one of those movies that we talk about, like, where it was much more successful on repeat home video and, like, you know, TV viewings. Mm -hmm. Like, like how we grew up watching this movie, watching a home video. Um, So, it's definitely cemented itself, its legacy through that kind of stuff. But also, I was thinking about the songs The Candyman. At the beginning of the song, that's a fa- that's a famous song even just outside of that movie. Now, who could take the sunrise, sprinkle it with dew? Willy Wonka can, because he's the candy man. That's not the lyrics, but I was pretty proud of that rhyme. Just, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was convinced for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that you know, that song's iconic. Um, obviously the Oompa Loompa songs. I I do like Veruca's song. Because it's literally just a spoiled kid song. <laughs> I want a party with roomfuls of laughter. 10,000 tons of ice cream. <laughs> uh, but you know what else? It, it, what makes this even more like interesting is like this movie, Like I was kind of put it in the notes, it's shot almost like a documentary style, especially in the beginning of the movie. And like the, the director of this movie was didn't direct... Like these movies, like movies features, a lot. It's it's like uh, Mike Hodges on um, uh, Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. He didn't direct another movie like Flash Gordon before or after, but he, he did it. 
you know, and this one, especially the beginning of the movie where you have the hysteria, the wild hysteria of people wanting to get the Wonka bars, you get the news reports. And there's some genuinely, like I was saying earlier, there's some funny stuff in those, like, yeah. like obviously, you know, first and first and last thing you'll talk about with this movie is Gene Wilder, no question, but like all the bits of all like the random people and like the, the shit that they, the links that they go to, to get a Wonka bar, it's like the Klondike thing, like what would you do for a Klondike bar? Like one dude invents a computer, and the first thing he asks it is it, where the golden tickets are. And he's like, "I'm not telling you. That's cheating." <laughs> <laughs> or, or the best one is the is the woman uh, yeah. with the missing husband. <laughs> it's like, give him, give him anything. All I want is to have Harold back. I want your case of Wonka bars. <gasps> Babe, are you hearing me? It's your husband's life or this case of Wonka bars. How much time will you give me to think it over? <laughs> uh like that that is is really but also too i want to say like the filming location of this movie i think was like a beautifully like like a perfect setting Mm -hmm. um perfect setting for for the movie um you know uh in you know in joymany joymany it looks joyman yeah it's, it, it's very it's very uh, German, in case you couldn't tell by our awful pronunciation of the word. Is that German? <laughs> it's not German. Um, you know, it, it just it kind of adds to like the fairy tale quality in a sense, but because yeah. it is like a real location, you're able to believe some of this stuff more. But also, your mom was talking about how this is like a sca- be like a scary movie, and I was thinking about like the boat the, scene, the boat sequence. Yeah, the boat sequence is almost unnecessarily like. <laughs> Like, 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 there's a chicken, chicken getting its, its head, head chopped off. off. There's like a centipede crawling on a guy's head. What is this? There's what um, there's uh, then of course like the the flashing like colorful lights, like like a Twilight Zone thing or something. And then Gene Wilder just going, yes. <laughs> it's like the rowers keep on rowing. <laughs> It's like he was like in like a hammer horror movie, like praising Satan or something like that. He's he's bringing the same kind of energy. <laughs> the, the funny part though is I feel like that's probably the like not that he didn't have fun with this movie, I'm sure, but like that feels like the most fun he had in the whole movie. It's just being this like, there's no knowing where we're going <laughs> or which way the river's flowing, <laughs> and everyone's like nervously singing with him flowing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said this to you, uh, but it was like going to that boat. You're probably it was like pirates when you went on first part on Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, but then like the terror of the boat <laughs> was like when you didn't know there was a drop. It, it's like that, but prolonged. <laughs> the, and you know what? You know what's also a bad sign for Grandpa Joe? He had a good time. He loved seeing that chicken get his head cut off, didn't he? Sick son of a bitch. <laughs> Grandpa, Grandpa Joe, listen, Grandpa Joe has seen a lot of terrible things in his life. It's not like the other parents, where the other parents are seem to be much more privileged than Grandpa Joe. Part of it is Grandpa Joe's is lazy, but that's a whole other thing. Like Grandpa Joe, I imagine, worked on a farm for part of his life. And I imagine one of his early memories was cut, ch- cut this chicken's head off. I imagine that was something that he did. And he's like, and maybe there was yeah. something he did for amusement because there was nothing to do. He was in the middle of a farm. He's so bored. He's like, I'm gonna go cut some chicken's heads off. All right, what do you cool. want to do? Be Mike TV and play, you know, watch TV? No, we couldn't do that. <laughs> Even so, I, oh, it scares you me. Want to eat you gum? 
You, you, want, you want to chew gum? No, he's probably going to chew chewing tobacco because that's all they had. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this has turned into the defending Grandpa Joe and his weird kinks. My, my, my point, no kink my shaming. Point being, I'll like, say that. I won't kink shame. Grandpa, <laughs> Grandpa Joe probably didn't have a perfect upbringing, but also per- Grandpa Joe needed to change his life. Yes. Like, he's an awful, he's an awful person. <laughs> it, it, this is a, just an elaborate joke. Like, the character of Grandpa Joe. The actor is probably a great guy. No, yeah, I'm sure he's yeah. he's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, not now. I mean, he's probably passed away. Oh, but, he's, yeah. <laughs> sorry. It was that dark. <laughs> like, like the movie. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, but, I'm looking at these these notes, but I feel like we, we talked cover a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. these two movies, um, they are very, they're, they're, they're very interesting, like, live action, like, family fantasy movies one of which is is a, definitely a bit scarier than the other yeah. one and has a lot of weird character i mean they all have weird characters but right. like willy wonka is like a very strange very strange movie <laughs> well i mean like i remember seeing so many like fan theories and stories and stuff about like where characters like mary poppins and willy wonka was and I remember like seeing so many like drawings and fan art of fans wanting Mary Poppins and Willy Wonka to like meet in person, and so that's sort of why I've paired these movies a lot in my brain. Plus, like when you watch them, like I would say one's probably more accessible than the other, admittedly, and is aged a little bit better. Um, but the, at least with those two characters, I think they're sort of a, a gr- great examples of like some of the best like characters in movies and like those sort of like side characters. Like one of my favorite things about some movies is like the side characters, like a Jack Sparrow type character. Cause like th- these are the title characters, but they don't take up the screen. And so it, I think it allows the actors to really just go for it and, and make the characters their own and, and have fun with it, especially if they're like meant to be somewhat magical. Like these characters are, I mean, you could argue if Willy Wonka is magical or not, but he's definitely eccentric. <laughs> but all these guys, they don't really go through a character, like a major character arc, no. or anything like, like that. You know, they're just so fun to watch, bo- though. Especially, especially in the case of like Mary Poppins, like the kids don't go through the ca- the dad goes through the character arc. It's one of those movies where, again, it would have been a good good pair with Paddington because in Paddington, Paddington doesn't change as a person. No, he he's there. the person changer. He's the person changer. Yes, you know, uh, like like the family, the Brown family changes as a result of of their interactions with Paddington. Yeah, um, but these are these are both fun movies. They're but very colorful, very colorful, very good, very good movies, very colorful, They're very good, very, good. <laughs> <laughs> very bad. <laughs> that will uh, we will reference that critic thing from now till the end of uh, this show. The moment we actually talk about a snowman movie. <laughs> It's the one time we won't. Just to throw people off. <laughs> oh, man. I want to talk about it when, when we eventually talk about Frosty. <laughs> it's like, nope. Can't make that reference. No. <laughs> Damn. I might just go renegade and just do it anyway. But, <laughs> folks, uh, do you like these movies? Uh, what's your favorite Roald Dahl book? Uh, did you ever read the Mary Poppins books? Please let us know if you did and what you thought about them. Who do you think is, what do you think is your favorite, like, eccentric, fun type character, like the Willy Wonka or Mary Poppins in that ballpark? What do you guys like? Please let us know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. Check us out next week. Have a good night, everyone.
Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout out to John and Kenny Armstrong for that great Batman music. You do a great job every single time you do one of those types of tracks. And of course, a hint to next week's double feature. We are kicking off Halloween 2021 with a howl. Hi, future Joey. Bye, future Joey.